Welcome to another episode of Unguarded presented by Weevolve. I'm your host, Jory Davis. My guest today is Elizabeth Pavel, a.k.a. Ellie, who was my teammate this past season with Costa Masnaga. She's from Transylvania in Romania. Yes, Transylvania, home of the vampires. She has played in New Zealand, Austria, Hungary, Germany, France, Italy, and Czech Republic. So she's had a very uh, long career and has traveled all over the world. She's a sweet soul and has impacted my life in some very positive ways, I must say. She's introduced me to the vegan lifestyle and the benefits of changing my diet in relation to meat. She's been helping me with nutritional advice from a holistic approach um, and is really open my eyes to some things as I get up there in age uh, with my career and how I can benefit by changing a few things in regards to my diet. We first connected on a deeper level. We went out to eat and started to talk about this Romanian girl loving black culture and <laughs> loving hip hop and, you know, black people in general. And we started to talk about the topic of, of her and her journey and how she really came to, to love different cultures and different people and, you know, how she became to, to really identify with the feminist movement and everything else. And so Ellie is a very interesting and colorful soul. And I'm, I'm excited for you guys to hear this episode. We've been in quarantine together as well while in Italy and we've been on lockdown for a couple months. So at this point, we, we, we're closer than ever. Um, so this episode will talk about her personal journey with basketball, but also how that journey led to her, um, learning more about herself and her self image and how she's grown as a woman. So let's get to the show. Welcome to another show of the unguarded. I'm here with my quarantined boo, Ellie Pavel. What's up? Not much, you know, just came out the bedroom <laughs> to the other room of the house where we spend most of our time just to, yeah, just have a little chat. Cool, cool. So obviously <laughs> we've had time to talk about everything regarding our lives. I thought that we would talk about one particular journey Ellie had regarding her personal image of herself, her growth over the time of her career as a basketball player, but not necessarily on-court growth, but more so how the game of basketball has allowed her to grow in other ways. And just talk about a little bit about her life growing up as a tall, voluptuous woman and the different views around her body people have felt over time. So thank you, Ellie, for one, coming on the show and coming out the other room to chill with me. And two... <laughs> being open to to talk about these things because I think it's important especially for the the young European amateur talent yeah well it's not something I easily talk about it's it took me a long while to kind of open up about this because well I'm from Romania that's an Eastern European country and the views especially growing up on women was more so the perfect woman was the skinny woman or the, you know, tall, I mean, it's a petite, small, blonde, if possible. So I always felt like an outsider uh, when I was young. I started playing basketball when I was nine. So, I mean, all my life growing up as a teenager, you know, when you first start, you know, talking to boys and like having fun with your friends, I was always kind of like, I don't want to say the outsider, but I was always... 
bigger than everybody else or and taller more you know i was just different and everybody um just kind of yeah they kind of bullied me you know how kids are in school i was i can i can remember in kindergarten i was boys were trying to fight me and was were making fun of me so you know it affected me a lot going to you know school and then going to high school especially when i try to fit in and everything even with basketball i was still the biggest <laughs> so that's why it kind of came easy to me to play it i was naturally just good because i was just taller than everybody so but yeah then when i was 16 um no i was 16 and a half i wasn't 17 yet i went to new zealand that's but first let's talk about why the boys wanted to fight you why i mean of course when you're young kids or you know they pick on you if you look a little different but what was the thing about guys wanting to fight you they just felt because you were bigger they were intimidated or yeah i mean i feel like i never fit into that pretty girl group so maybe i think now looking back of course then i'm grown up and i'm i've come to terms with the way i look and yeah i'm i'm okay now i dealt with it i'm i worked on all these problems i had coming up growing up as you know just different and my mom would tell me like you can't wear this or you can't dress like all the other girls because you're already tall you're already drawing attention to yourself you don't need to wear i don't know tank tops or short skirts or whatever so i guess in a sense me looking up to my parents i mean kind of they made me even more shy than i was so i mean a lot of parents do that of course and of course no i'm not nothing bad against them i know they look i I know they loved me and they right. tried to protect me. They were me. just trying to protect yes, you the way course. they do. And, and during that time, like in Romania to this day, course, nobody's yeah. like breaking the norm. Like yeah. no one really breaks the rules per yeah. se. Is that correct? Def- definitely. So yeah, I grew up not so small city in Romania, but even, and I have this conversation with my best friend. She was, and still is to this day, the perfect woman <laughs> in my eyes. Of course, she's my best friend, but she was always skinny and had the perfect body like not not just skinny but you know skinny athletic in a way she was blonde tall but not too tall you know blue eyes and since I met her we met when I was nine of course she accepted me she has been and she's my best friend and my rock since then she always accepted me she always stood up for me but you know just growing up kind of in the back of my head I had I always had this you know this kind of like little jealousy like why can't I look like that why am I so big what obviously again I play I played in Romania so I know that I mean that's the typical girl I would I would see I didn't see many women that look like you i mean i said it when i i, I said it when we first yeah. met that i i didn't see romanians that and, look like you yeah. but i mean not to throw shade on any girls i'm gonna talk about this a little um later into the interview i guess maybe if it comes up but i stand up for women no matter what you look like and not i'm not throwing shade on skinny girls blonde girls small little tall not at all like i love all women in any form shape color i'm just saying this is my experience and growing up i didn't know any better so i would just look you know at magazines or um tv all the models walking skinny you know um straight hair (laughs) i have curly hair i didn't like it i didn't i didn't really like a lot about myself and i mean 
I think it's a common issue with um, young girls these days. It always has been, and I think it will be because we only look at the perfectness, quote unquote, um, from that we see on TV or in magazines. You know, so we strive for that. That, but it's all photoshopped. You know, so that's why little young girls, you know, grow up thinking something is wrong with me or I'm not okay with my body, you know, and then maybe a parent says the same I've been told, you know, and then they grow up with just the wrong body image of themselves. You're young, of course, your mom isn't, you know, she's doing what she can to try and help to see that of her course, daughter's yeah. tall, her daughter's bigger, um, dark hair, dark eyes, not the normal you know, you have your friends that are around you that look different. What was Ellie Pavel at 16? Like, what was your mind like around your self-esteem, around just being a basketball player? Like, um, what's your mindset as you get ready to leave? For okay, so first, I want to say this. <laughs> when I was 16 and a half, when I was shipped off to New Zealand, I didn't know a lot about it. I didn't. So it was my coach who talked to my parents, obviously, because I was still a minor. So the whole idea around this um, me moving to New Zealand was trying to get the citizenship and play for the national team. So I went to school over there. So at the time when I left, of course, I was 16 and a half. I was 17 almost. You know, I had all my friends. It was very tough. And I didn't realize exactly what I got myself into and what I agreed to only after maybe because my mom came with me. She came with me for two weeks. Um, and then after she left, I kind of realized, oh, my God, like, where am I? I'm far. All my friends, the time zones, I had to wake up at six in the morning. Back then, it was still just emails and I think Yahoo Messenger or something. So I had to wake up in the morning before I went to school to kind of get on there and talk to my friends a little bit. And it was it was really, really, really tough. I think I was depressed now looking back and I kind of I, I I do a lot of work on my mental and I work you know the mental part of everything basketball and my life so looking back I really think I was I was depressed I, I could say that now I was just sad and not happy I gained a lot of weight I gained even more weight over there what do you recall your coping was 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 it just because you were eating more yeah my d definitely my coping was just eating <laughs> I just had discovered peanut butter, so I guess that was the main factor. But anyways, um, I went to an all-girls school, a Catholic all-girls school at that. Mind you, coming from Europe, from Romania, we were kind of already, you know, had a little group of friends maybe going out here and there with our older teammates, maybe running away from home or <laughs> here and there, like being rebels, you know. And now all of a sudden I'm in a foster family right because I stayed with one of my teammates families and yeah all I would do is just wake up in the morning put on my uniform that had to be to perfection shirt tucked in my little headband no hairs could just stand out my shoes had to be perfectly clean my socks all the way up to my knees you know how did they view you in New Zealand like I how mean, did the students treat you there like I mean I got there and I was the exotic thing you know because I, I I spoke I spoke I speak German that's my mother tongue so we could choose a foreign language right so of course I chose German and I mean people were um they were kind of amazed by me a little bit they didn't of course most of my 
schoolmates. They didn't even know where Romania was. They kind of liked the fact that my English wasn't great at the time. They were impressed with my German, of course. I think I had four kids in my class. And yeah, I was, I was, I mean, nobody looked at me differently. I was kind I was in, you know, they embraced me just how I was. Nobody, like, I didn't You were now the one being seen. Yeah, per se, like. definitely. And I played good. I played for, I can't remember, it was two teams. I think it was my group, my age, and then a, a, the next, like, maybe under 18 or under 20 and I played good I was good but then again coming from Romania with all these self-image issues I had everybody was walking around in their uniforms going from school to the gym right to practice so me mind you me thinking oh my god I have to wear this ugly uniform I literally would get off the bus I I swear I'm not lying I got off the bus (laughs) and I would change I had on a shirt underneath and I would change before I would walk in the gym into my sweats because it was so amazing to me that I had to wear this uniform it was so different you know but nobody was looking at this but me coming up like not wrong I just came up different I grew up different you know so I thought oh my god this uniform is ugly nobody can see me in it even though it was perfectly normal there you know everybody had the uniform everybody literally but in your mind you (laughs) in my mind I felt like I was ugly and I don't I don't want to wear this skirt and these socks and these brown ugly shoes so (laughs) so Obviously, you got to a point, I think we talked about this, where you got to a point where you didn't get the the citizenship because you wanted to leave. You left. Well, no. Yeah, something happened with the team. I can't quite remember, but it fell through. So the whole deal fell through. I was there for three months. I just kind of got used to the whole living over there you know so i made a few friends i was good with school everything was fine so now I mean, was it beautiful it was very beautiful but mind you i was so sad at the time i didn't really enjoy it i was still so young and you know like i didn't i, I wasn't now <laughs> please give me a a free a free journey to um, new, zealand. new zealand i mean seriously hell yeah but back then i was like oh my god i just want to go back home to romania you know right. i didn't know what it was I mean, it's similar to the rookies, the American yeah, players that definitely. come on, but they're older, obviously. They're yeah. older, they're not 16, but maybe that, that same feeling or yeah or uncertainty is... I mean, I left, I went to a whole different continent under, basically on the other side, literally, of the world to this island I have never really heard about at the time. So, you know... Right. And so, from there, you... You go back to Romania? Yeah, well, the deal fell through anyways. And then, obviously, we had the European Championship with the Romanian national team. And they instantly, they called me. They said, oh, we, we're going to get you your flight. Come back. We need you, right? Mind you, I had packed on at least, what, in kilos? I want to say 10. Mm-hmm. So I came back, you know, right into the team was already preparing for at least a month. I just came into the, the, the games, you know came back and that's when it really hit me like I was 17 and it hit me like everybody looked at me like I was just big fat kind of you know I came back and it really hit me like oh my god people were even more like laughing at me I felt judged and everybody 
especially girls in Romania, they care about what they look like, you know? So I couldn't find, really, I couldn't find my place anywhere. Like, I didn't feel comfortable around people, and that led to me closing myself off even more. And if, uh, obviously, you got comfortable in New Zealand because they weren't looking at you. I mean, were there other, I know in New Zealand, like, the guys are, there's yeah. guys that are huge, big. And, yeah, I yeah. I mean, so it wasn't that, it wasn't maybe as much of a deal there no but then not when at you all. got I back yeah you like yeah. everybody was like whoa absolutely it's definitely i mean when i when i came overseas straight out of new orleans you know that was the thing but i think there's also that part of you like being different sometimes is fun you know like so in new zealand you were the the new thing you were the exotic thing but then when you're different in a negative way yeah it's it's not it sucks it sucks especially as a young teenage girl trying to fit in because we all know that's i mean that's it i think it's just natural for girls and kids and boys and whatever to just try and fit in you know especially at that age if you don't have a, a support system or you know a healthy family i don't again i love my family and i know they they try to do everything they could but if you don't have that piece in your life to support you and tell you you're okay and you're fine the way you are you grow up just viewing yourself how what you hear and how people see you and what they say about you and you start to believe it you know that's what that, that that's was what your I reality. knew. Yeah, that was exactly. So obviously, it wasn't your reality for long. Started to play basketball at the professional level. Start to travel. What was what was the time frame? What was the stories around when you realized like Romania, the culture, and the, their thinking around how you look in your body? Like you, you realize like that light went off. Like okay. shit. Well, okay, I want to say, so I went, I played in Romania for three years after this whole New Zealand experience, and it was the same, you know, like, I, it was just, I, yeah, I had, I struggled with my self-image, my self-confidence and everything. I went to play in Italy for two, two years, but I didn't get out much. I didn't do a lot. I was 19 at the time, 19, 20, and 21, because I played here for two years in Naples, without me wanting to lose any weight or get you know i they ran us all day every day we was a young team so we ran so 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 much and i lost the weight like this fast i started looking at myself and i was like hmm i'm losing weight and you know i started being more com- confident of i mean i think that's also a normal reaction of the brain when you see yourself in the mirror you look better you gain confidence right so that's when I started to feel a little, you know, better with myself. And of course, I was taking more pictures and dressing more cute and whatever. So, and then I think the high, high point of me realizing I'm fine the way I am uh, was when after that I went to play in Austria, in Vienna. And they are a very multicultural city. They have a lot of everything. I, I, every race, every nation, it's there. They have black people they have asians they have everything so i went there and um i had friends i made a group of friends you know two black people in there and it was the canadian and american and we used to hang out we used to go out and that's kind of when i saw like all these other races you know or people from around the world they accept me it wasn't and till this day i still think 
I don't maybe it's just I don't know but when I go back home in Romania I still feel judged walking on the street and people still look and like yell stuff and you know offensive stuff of course I also get the the, the the good compliments like, oh, you're so big, you're so tall, what sports do you do, you know? But mostly I walk on the street and I hear people talking basically to my face. They see me and they just say, oh my God, look how big she is, or you know? Yeah, that's just, I mean, that's ridiculous in general that anyone yeah. said. But again, like we know the, as we you've said in the past and we talk that, the thought process Romania is is not as evolved uh, far yeah. as their culture, but what are what are some specific stories that happened to you in Vienna? Like, of course, I know you you partied you partied yeah, a lot. Yeah, well, of that course. Time. All right, so I started <laughs> meeting, I guess, the black race mm-hmm. and they of the I black mean, people. The black yeah, that's people. fine. Yeah, they accepted me. Of course, I mean. I started meeting all these basketball players, girls, men, and it was just Vienna was the hub where everybody would come and go out, you know? So, of course, I went out and I literally felt like, oh my God, like I found my people, you know? They accepted me. We went, like, it was, they loved me and that gave me confidence and I felt amazing. I would, I just, I forgot all about Romania, you know? And then every summer I would come back home and it was like, a slap in the face like a wake-up call like oh my god I'm home and I walk on the street and yeah I mean I was 22 23 24 and I'm thinking like this would have affected me badly five years ago but you know growing and I was walking on the street and the same things would happen and the same people would look at me and talk like say stupid things what would they say I mean I can't I can't even translate it into English because it would make sense. Mm-hmm. It, I, I, there's no words in English to translate it, but they would basically just say, look at this big thing or, yo, oh my God, she's so big. But like, you know, just the tone in their voice, mm-hmm. it would never be like a curse word explicitly, but the tone in their voice would just be like, yeah, I know you, you say it in a bad way, you know? Degrading. Yeah. So what was it compared to Romania that the people you started to connect with, the different culture of people, what was it about your body that now they love that you were once insecure about? Anybody who knows me or seen me, I am just, a, I don't even know how to say it. I have a big body. I just have, I'm just big. But now I came to... Through, yeah, through basketball and thankfully, thanks to basketball, I now, you know, got to travel and I'm good at what I do. I got to play the game and I got to, you know, meet all these different people and it, I just feel good with myself now. And now if I go home, of course, I'm almost 30 now. I go home and I hear these people. It literally does not bother me. I don't even feel like responding back or, you know, like making me mad so in a sense, I can I guess I can say for sure attesting to the black culture that they yeah. like your they like your thickness, your yeah. hips. Yeah, let's yeah. Yeah. Say it like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously you like that attention, right? I mean of course I do. Who doesn't? I mean I think anybody in this world likes attention and when we say attention it's not 
you know what we think like oh my god like being the, the, the center of attention just attention in general whether it's for your body your beauty your your brains your work if you get compliments on oh you're good at your job you're beautiful you're strong whatever it is i think people appreciate it and like it and feel better and it boosts your confidence i think that's a universal thing for anybody or everybody you know what was the views when you started to get a connected or dating other races compared to you know Romania not being so forward thinking like was it ever did you ever really reveal or that to those that were in Romania did mm, anyone ever say I mean, who you like what are you doing or it's still to the, I mean man, I haven't been into Romania in so long to really live there but I mean, I love, don't get me wrong, no shade again on my country. I am very proud to be Romanian and I say this a lot and who knows me and who has met me knows this, even though maybe sometimes I don't say the nicest things about my country because, you know, they're true. We are a little back. Closed, closed minded. Yeah. And we're still like way back. But Romania, I think we have a lot of racist people. But I just think... Again, I think it's because we don't have a lot of black people, right? We don't know. My family, my dad was racist. I mean, he never had anything to do with black people. He never met black people. And then I would bring my my black friends home, my black teammates. And he was perfectly fine. Like, don't think he would say nothing. He wouldn't say nothing to them. But I kind of, I grew up in this environment, you know? And it wasn't, I never understood it you know when I was 10 11 12 I heard about black people I never saw one you know live only maybe in movies and then I think I saw my black my first black person when I was 14 or 15 because we had a basketball team in the in the city and I was just intrigued and it was it was an American playing overseas yeah I was 14 mind you I was a baby I was a kid but I was looking at this person and I didn't feel any type of way like I didn't feel like oh my god that's weird wow I just felt like oh okay you know so I don't know how this didn't rub off on me I guess growing up only with kind of yeah I want to say close-minded people so but when you were younger you were you obviously were intrigued. I know you say you used to watch certain things back when you were younger. You were intrigued by yeah, other I used, races. I used to watch a lot of hip hop music videos and you know the movies. I used to like you know movies, and that's how I think I learned English too. No, I'm sure of it. That's partly how I speak English so well. Is because I was watching just movies and we in Romania we don't have we only have subtitles so they don't it's not the over the talk you know the right like in Italy like in Italy or France or Germany we have yeah. the English movie and the subtitles so yeah that's that's where I saw you know black people are we gonna talk about basketball too <laughs> I feel like this is just me saying yeah I love black people and I have a big ass <laughs> no it's not can we get to the basketball part or we're talking bit? about your journey with basketball. Okay. 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 So, you know, you start to see the beauty of your body, your curves, everything else along your journey. How does it all tie into the confidence on the court? Do you think once you started to feel more confident about your body, you started to Def- also definitely. play better? And Def- I think, yeah. And I think 
I mean, we can all attest to this, I guess. And I think if, you know, you have a bad day, when you don't feel like, you don't feel like you look good or maybe your jersey is not fitting well and you go, you know, you just feel like, ah. And I think this all ties into, you know, self-confidence. And then, of course, when I was bigger, I always would feel like everybody's watching me and my jersey is not fitting. So mainly, there was my, my, my main focus was, how do I look? How does how do I look on the court? And I feel like now, looking back, and now kind of finally understanding myself and understanding everything I went through, is like I'm waking up and I'm realizing, yeah, I truly just focused on how I looked on the court, you know, instead of focusing on whatever. I look how I look. I just, I got to perform and I got to play well. So yeah, since I kind of stopped thinking about my body and thinking about how I look on the court, definitely all that focus went into my game. How did that affect your your health habits? Obviously, you are you are vegan. You well, I'm ve- I'm vegetarian. You're I vegetarian, still eat. but yeah. you, you eat vegan. I'm transitioning to being a vegan. I haven't had any beef or pork in 10 years and anything else meat. I haven't had it in f- going into four and a half years. It's going to be five years this winter. And, well, I mean, I always, I never loved meat like that. And I always was more attracted to anything like plant-based. I was more drawn to the earth somehow, like veggies and stuff. So I guess I'm lucky in a sense that I love everything vegetable-y and legumes or whatever. So I guess I'm lucky because some people don't like those you know they can't really eat them so i'm lucky and um yeah definitely well it was more it wasn't really for health when i stopped eating meat it was for the animals because i just don't think it's right (laughs) but this is another debate another discussion but a big picture is yeah i'm not i don't think we should eat animals period because they're living beings so anyways that affected my health too i lost weight i feel better it's i feel great now so it wasn't necessarily anything regarding no it was issues with your weight why you eh, shifted your eating the no eating because when i lost all that weight it was i was still eating chicken this was seven years ago so i kind of i lost the weight with eating chicken that's the only thing on chicken and turkey i was eating that so no not really but it was more so around the animals and yeah definitely and how did you because obviously we're always sitting here picking at our cellulite <laughs> and our thick, thick thighs and all these things yeah. and of course even myself where you look at the typical athlete that's on like nike posters that are you know everything their legs yeah. and their upper body's cut it seems like you know like yeah my arms are cut but then i don't have like super duper good looking sport legs on nike yeah how as an athlete even as a woman you never really i feel like we are comfortable with our bodies but you never really stop nitpicking you know no, do you feel like it's an ongoing process do you think course. you'll ever stop nitpicking it's it's an ongoing process and i yeah of course i have and i think we all have this perfect image in our minds that what we think is perfect and i want to look like that because of course it's different for everybody maybe what i think is perfect the next person will think it's ugly and that's fine we all live in our own realities and we all have our own image of the perfect whatever but i'm a big advocate for i mean an athlete if you 
perform. And I am the living <laughs> example of that. I don't look perfect. I'm not cut. I'm not slim. I'm not athletic necessarily. And I'm strong. I think I'm strong. I eat mostly plant-based. Here and there I eat eggs and milk. And I'm fine. I'm healthy. And I think the athlete, we need to... Oh, again, no shade on the ripped cut athlete for sure. But our bodies are different. So I think it's important to look at how you feel inside. Am I performing? Am I doing well? Am I sleeping well? And then the outside really doesn't matter. I think if you're performing well and you feel well. Right. Then I mean, yeah, when you look at some, even when you look at some NBA guys and stuff, like they don't have super nice ripped eight packs and st- they, yeah, they're kind of normal yeah they're strong and stuff but they all not all of them look like models but they're still great athletes in their yes, craft so look it's at like serena williams it's been, yeah it's she's been a, an issue yeah. it's been all over the internet like look at this fat cow look at all these ugly words thrown at the freaking one of the best tennis player of the world and she was fine with it i love the way she reacted yeah. to it i and mean she's super i mean she's very thick big hips i mean again. and she has this this quote-unquote um enemy cellulite that we see and we're like oh my god it's the cellulite but yeah. it's nothing wrong with that she's an amazing athlete an amazing looking woman in my opinion so all this hate and this these ugly words i mean i'm glad women like her existed can be brought down you know by this and we have to and i think young girls have to look at this you know we have to help them really believe it like you are fine and i'm yeah i mean it's social media doesn't help social media not at all but but i mean nowadays it's we have these thick models and Mm -hmm. you know plus size models which i think is great you know it's 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 a different way of looking at a woman and models and body image so i think it's great for young girls hopefully you know they have access to to that kind of instagram model too not just the skinny ones again no shade thrown i've said this a million times throughout this discussion but everybody's perfect and fine the way they are as long as they're healthy and they feel well you know we talked a bit you talked a bit in the beginning about your views on women and them being in all shapes and sizes not not mattering and obviously you follow a few accounts when in regards to feminism and what's your feelings around that why you feel so deeply about it is it is it you know referring back to okay i'm gonna tell you a little short story about when it really like clicked for me and I was like yeah I'm definitely a feminist and I'm a maybe more so I'm a equal rights no matter what you are girl boy gay transgender whatever so I this is a true story I am not lying to you and it might sound simple but to me I was amazed I was waiting for a taxi in my hometown right a mother walked by with a boy and he was a boy he was four or five he had a little backpack on coming from kindergarten and he was crying and she he was holding the the mother's hand and she stopped and shook him and said stop crying you're not a little girl only little girls cry and this i don't know this in me i got furious at this event of course i didn't say anything but then i went home and i looked up a little bit more about feminism i think this was 
four years ago. And everything I read, that's what I stand for. I stand for people just being themselves. Not boys can cry and girls can freaking, you know, sit like boys or sit in pants, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then again, you tell me stop sitting like that. <laughs> or, yeah, but you know what I mean. And you know, deep down inside, I'm joking. And no, I, I cross my know, legs sometimes in public. Yeah, you should because you're a girl. No, I'm joking. It's like, but yeah, and this is again, and also with the gay people, it was a big issue in Romania, a big, big, big issue with the church saying gay people are the problem and they want to steal the kids and all this freaking nonsense and so this in me maybe it's but it's it's so you know it's so deeply rooted into our minds that girls have to do this and boys this if you know boys fight it's like stop bitching around like girls you know like why every we all have emotions but it's so 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 for generations deeply rooted in ourselves and in our minds that i that's why I've, i stand up for these movements and these feminists and equal rights and lgbtq you know that's all at the end of the day we're all souls you know we're all just spirits we're not a body that's what i that's that's well that's my thinking and that's my personal thought process around people and their rights and don't get me started on abortions and people and and women getting paid less that's a whole different story but mainly i want to focus on letting your kids cry if they want to cry and be girly if he's a boy or be more butch if she's a girl my parents are also you know as we call them old school way you know the old school way like you have to do this or you know the woman's supposed to do that and the man does this yeah again this is not a sameness we're not yes i completely agree so when people hear about equality they think same we are not the same a woman and a man definitely are not the same we don't have the same body strength we don't have the same you know hormones a man is absolutely 100 percent stronger physically than a woman so when we say equality i'm not talking about being the same we're not the same having equal rights to live and to be that's the the word equal rights to be to exist on this planet as equals and i'm not saying yeah oh you want to be equal then go lift a hundred pounds you know right no but i mean i know you always say like you know far as the deal about being a housewife you know you feel strongly about that even though okay yeah maybe you'd be a great housewife but it's it's not having the title you don't want to feel as if that's what you're supposed to do because the title comes again with our we're brainwashed into thinking like oh a housewife is somebody who has to cater to their man and doesn't do anything else and just takes care of the babies and that's your job again it's nothing wrong if that's what you want to do it's perfectly fine if that's that's what you love and that's what you're fine with i'm not throwing shade on nobody but this the title of being a housewife and then these old school men especially in romania i'm used to this think oh that's my woman she has to cook for me she has to clean for me no especially if the woman has a job or you know again if you want to be a housewife that's fine if you if you clean and stuff and i do it i love cooking 
not so much cleaning, but uh, I'm a Virgo, so I'm kind of OCD. I like I like having stuff clean, especially the kitchen. I love that's something I do. I love cooking. I love cooking for people I love and people in general. I love doing that. So it's not about that you're a woman that oh you just innately no, are that not at way. All. It's just because that's who you are. Not at all. Again, in a marriage, I think they should have equal chores around the house. One cleans, one cooks. Yeah, I, I don't care that you're I mean, a man. Like, why I mean, is that? It's no, it's not yeah. relevant. Yeah, I, I kind of, you know, growing up, I felt like. I wasn't, you know, the girly type because I didn't like certain things, you know, because I didn't feel like I wanted to go get my nails done or spend my money on that or I didn't want to be in the kitchen cooking. I didn't enjoy that. I like to eat. That's what the man does technically in the eyes. So it's like, well, I'm like the guys. I don't want to be cooking with the women. I want to go be with the guys. So... You know, Again, this goes back to equal rights. You have the right. Not just, oh, you're a woman. You need to know how to cook. Oh, my God. I hear this so many times, especially back home. Again, my country. I love my country. But especially back home, it's like, oh, you know how to cook. Oh, you're ready to get married. That's the saying, you know. So, or every time I cook up a dish or I clean, it's like, yeah, you're ready to get married. So, you're ready to be chosen by a man, basically. And uh, it's like, yeah, that's what I've been waiting on my whole life. That's my life goal to be chosen finally you know it's it's a big 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 complex issue i think and it's gonna take some time a lot of time decades before i mean it's it's growing it's, it's, it's it is growing it's evolving it's still and, not yeah, where it's it not where be. it should be but it's come a long way but in a sense it's safe to say as we wrap up that obviously basketball taking you out of Romania and helping you travel the world gave you it empowered you for yes. your body the different values you've definitely so this yeah this um talent and skill I I was born with and I'm yeah this is it just took me to it changed my life it changed my life of course as a player and I grew and I'm still growing and I'm playing with the national team and the Olympic national team for three on three and you know I feel like yeah I'm moving up kind of still even I'm 30 but also on a personal level it changed my life completely because there's so many girls and my friends that I have friends and they have played and but of course not at a high level and they, they, they never really get out of Romania and if they do they only go you know on vacation so it's like a retreat for 10 days or whatever but to live and actually experience different cultures and different people they don't have the opportunity and me I consider myself very lucky that you know I had this opportunity and now it's like I see the world and myself completely in a new light in a good light of course we're gonna close with a couple questions that you just answer quickly you just answer what's your favorite song right now (gasps) No, no. You don't know? Okay. That's, a, that's like, I can't. All right, one of your favorite songs. You got to give us one, one, one. <sighs> it's definitely a hip hop song, I want to say. It's definitely <laughs> by black people. <laughs> An American hip hop song, all right? I listen to a lot of hip hop and rap. Okay, what's your favorite artist? Um, I want to say Post Malone, even though he's not black, but I love his music. Um, Let me be just generic and say Drake. Like you don't have to be generic. You can say but Post I mean, Malone. They don't okay, have to be yeah. a black person. We All know, right. Post you know. Malone. But I, I just said it'll probably be by a black person. And then my favorite rapper or whatever is Post okay. Malone. It doesn't fit, you know. What's the what's book you read right now? I am reading right now. Um, I can't, it's something it's in Romanian but it's about the Dalai Lama speaks about Buddhism and not to say that I'm a Buddhist or whatever I'm open to any religion I'm open to anything but 
I like how he speaks about living in the present and trying to get out of this um, mundane life we live in with issues and problems and basically, yeah, this living in the present and love and giving love to people. That's what I love about this book. Nice. What's your childhood crush? Uh, it can be anybody. It was uh-huh. Dennis Rodman. <laughs> I know everybody's watching. Uh, I swear it's not. I'm not making this up. But if I go back to my laptop right now, the old one I have, it's full of pictures of Dennis Rodman. I had a huge crush on this boy. Back Dennis then. Rodman. Dennis Rodman. <laughs> okay. And the, yeah. the last thing would be, um, what is a, of course, on the spot, it's hard to say your favorite quote or anything, but what's like either a small saying or favorite quote? Um, I want to say, okay, yeah, I have a lot, but the one that I kind of always think about and it's kind of in the back of my mind is your thoughts become your reality because this is something personal to me and I always, I overthink things and the way I see and think about things, I think really what you think and what you put into your mind and what you project, that becomes your reality and that's, I think that's something I live by and try to just, just speak positively to me. This positive self-talk. Boom. We'll end on that. That was Elizabeth Pavel, Unguarded. Thank you. We're going to close with a couple questions that you just answer quickly. You just answer. What's your favorite song right now? <gasps> I don't know. You don't know? Okay. That's, a, that's like, I can't. All right. One of your favorite songs. You got to give us one. 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 <sighs> It's definitely a hip-hop song, I want to say. It's definitely by black people. <laughs> An American hip-hop song, all right? I listen to a lot of hip-hop and rap. Okay, what's your favorite artist? Um, I want to say Post Malone, even though he's not black, but I love his music. Um, let me be just generic and say Drake. Like his you don't music. have to be generic. You can say but Post I mean, Malone. They don't okay, have to be yeah. a black person. We All right. Post you know? Malone. But I, I just said it'll probably be by a black person. And then my favorite rapper or whatever it is. Post okay. Malone. It doesn't fit, you know. What's the what's book you read right now? I am reading right now. Um, I can't, It's something. It's in Romanian. But it's about the Dalai Lama speaks about Buddhism. And not to say that I'm a Buddhist or whatever. I'm open to any religion. I'm open to anything. But I like how he speaks about living in the present and trying to get out of this um, mundane life we live in with issues and problems and basically, yeah, this living in the present and love and giving love to people. That's what I love about this book. Nice. What's your childhood crush? Uh, it can be anybody. It was Dennis Rodman. <laughs> I know everybody's watching. Uh, I swear it's not. I'm not making this up. But if I go back to my laptop right now, the old one I have, it's full of pictures of Dennis Rodman. I had a huge crush on this boy. Back Dennis then. Rodman. Dennis Rodman. <laughs> okay. And the, yeah. the last thing would be, um, what is a, of course, on the spot, it's hard to say your favorite quote or anything, but what's like either a small saying or favorite quote? Um, I want to say, okay, yeah, I have a lot, but the one that I kind of always think about and it's kind of in the back of my mind is your thoughts become your reality because this is something personal to me and I always, I overthink things and the way I see and think about things, I think really what you think and what you put into your mind and what you project, that becomes your reality and that's, I think that's something I live by and try to just, just speak positively to me. This positive self-talk. Boom. 
We'll end on that. That was Elizabeth Pavel, Unguarded. Thank you.